Welcome to the Unlearning Channel. Welcome everyone to the Unlearning Channel. My name is Mel V X, and I am joined with Tyson Bankert and Ariam from the Black uh, Collective, of which I am a part as well. And we want to welcome you to the Unlearning Channel. Hi, thanks for having us here. Um, yes. Yeah, thank you. Before we go any further, I'd like to acknowledge uh, the land on which this recording is being produced. So myself, Mel V, I am on uh, the traditional territories of the people of the Blackfoot Confederacy, which includes uh, the Siksika, the Pagani, the Gaina, and the Blackfoot peoples, the Wesley and uh, Chiniki bands of the Ayahi or the Stony Nakoda and Métis region uh, three. We are gathered on this land, but it is so important to acknowledge the ongoing uh, legacy of colonization here on these lands and to honor creating better relationships and making this place a place where everybody can thrive and be nourished. So I want to make sure that we get a fabulous introduction from both Tyson and Ariam. So if y'all don't mind introducing yourselves and your pronouns, my pronouns are she, they, and tell us about, about yourselves. My name is Tyson Bankert. I go by he, him pronouns. I, I, I like to start off like my own introductions if I have to, and I really don't like doing that, but I, but I get the purpose of it. And so I always kind of tell people like my, my principles or my personal slogan, which is um, uh, befriending the, the lonely, edifying others and promoting justice. So those like, oh. are the things that I really hold are important to me and kind of like the lens that I look through um, my relationships and life. Uh, but the more formal things, I guess, is I'm really engaged in community development, um, have various sort of roles in the city of Calgary here around encouraging and connecting neighbors, um, I'm connecting neighbors and anti-racism and anti-racism work. Uh, so this is sort of where this, I feel like this intersection between both of these happens. Um, I am the uh, black capacity builder and we'll talk about black, I guess a little bit further, but mm -hmm. I'm also, but um, black leadership Alliance council. So although I also am, I believe also a black man that also is a capacity builder. So that's kind of funny. Anyway. Yes, <laughs> you are. And I also, um, and this work has, is being really funded and supported by CommunityWise. So uh, we're really glad that we can kind of come together to talk a little bit more about what Black does and is and what we hope to be. I want to give up some snaps. There is definitely poetry in the beginning, Tyson. And I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> Tyson looks very suave, y'all. You can't, you can't see Tyson right now, but... Uh, Okay, so uh, can I also comment, <laughs> Melvi, then that like the white behind you looks like it's some like you're like an like an angel in my dreams or something like that. So that that's definitely Ooh. happening right now. <laughs> it was giving me like that sort that sort of vibes. It's covering up all the mess back here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm always worried now. I know that I've seen people um, in Zoom calls about how they set up their backspace or their background space. So like I, I moved myself finally into a like empty bedroom and I immediately was like, oh, I need to put things up on my wall because you can mm. see it or it's like too plain. But yeah, no, like I love the like flowing, like white, uh, like fabric behind you. It looks definitely uh, very ethical, mm. I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, I just want to say that the background game is is strong among us. So just, I will, I feel like I have to bring one inappropriate comment, but I feel like when you get, you know, a few Black folks in a space together, whether it's virtual or in person, like, we just do the most. And like, if it, if it doesn't look good, like we, like somebody's messed up. And, you know, like, I don't know, Black spaces to me are just, aesthetically like beyond so, like sometimes we just we do the most so i'm just saying our background game is pretty pretty tight well to me the top left corner has got got game right now i'm <laughs> telling you like i don't know if it's like a fake lighting or what but it's it's good it's good it's a consideration this is what we have to do to keep our joy during <laughs> online interactions i guess it's like I, I am definitely wearing sweatpants right now but my background looks <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue to you, Ariam. Please introduce. Yeah. Me. Oh, I've never had to do uh, introductions as much as I have in this last year. Um, Facts. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Tyson's uh, like you know the edify others and all that's very it's a very good solid like um, start place to start off. But uh, yeah, so my name uh, properly is Ariam Wolde Georges, uh, but or Wolde Gorgis. I don't say my name properly. Um, but I, I'm okay with Arium. I, I've been going by that mostly as in my life. So um, I didn't say my pronouns right there. She, her, and hers. And yeah, I one of the newer members with Black Leadership Alliance Council, but have always been involved with community-wise in varying degrees, even starting from uh, just taking along with my dad when he would support the Air Train Community Association at the Old Y, uh, which is now community-wise used to be called. Or I think, I don't know if it was formally ever called the old Y, but um, I definitely try to say community wise to my community members and, and then they don't get it until I'm like the old Y. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember being in the basement as a kid and um, was very involved uh, just to, like as a participant um, at the initial pieces when the anti-racism organizational change work kind of started up at the uh, community wise a few years back. But um, I guess for me, uh, I like to say I'm involved in uh, as like a serial volunteer, let's say, but I am a community engagement specialist uh, working in different nonprofits previously in Calgary. I currently work on another one right now in Greater Forest Lawn where I'm um, the hub lead uh, focusing on how we can support welcoming and inclusive spaces and previously did a lot of education around what being welcoming and inclusive meant for community organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Currently, yeah, and I generally, I think my slogan or model that I've been trying to work on is, as to what I'm trying to achieve is the social and civic inclusion of immigrants and other equity-seeking community members and um, definitely uh, support a lot of uh, anti-racist, uh, anti-racism work. So um, with uh, AROC or uh, with Black, I, my focus has been about supporting the education and creating a different culture of understanding around um, what anti-racism work means uh, as a city or organizations. I think it's really important to connect at a personal level too, but uh, yes, formally social and civic inclusion of immigrants and equity, other equity-seeking community members. Oh, I'm just in the, I feel like whenever we have, when we, whenever we have meetings with Black, it's just like, 
I don't know. My heart is there and meetings I usually find intolerable uh, for the most part. I am a meetings hater. Most meetings can be emails, fight me on it. Um, and when I, <laughs> and when I have meetings with Black, um, I, I have a bit of hope. I don't have a lot of hope these days, fam. I'm just going to put that out there, but I have a little bit more hope and, and faith knowing that, that we are out there and we've collected our brain power. So I think that's a great segue into uh, our first question, Tyson. How and why did Black come together? And then we'll go to Ariam. One of the things I like about community, like community development or like community work is that like you never really know where things go. It's just like all kind of emerging as things happen. Um, and then bigger things happen with like the murder of George Floyd, Floyd helped us to sort of realize and the public realize the importance of of the black community and and mm-hmm. in, in it's very many forms but uh so black so the black leadership alliance council uh we formed i guess informally in like the summer of 2020 but i but we a lot many of us and by many i mean yourself melvi me and a few others we were part of the what was the Black Caucus of AROC. And so you guys have done past episodes on the Unlearning channel. You've had Dolce on. And so if people want to like learn more about that, they definitely can. But really, we were a group of, 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 of Black individuals helping to inform um, our needs and our experiences and perspectives as Black people as it relates to organizational change and so that that's how that kind of so we had kind of already known each other through that and I mean most of us were already um connected in various other ways as well um and so but anyway and then so with everything that happened last June people the public were kind of like finally I guess opening their eyes to the realities of centuries of uh oppression and so they were looking to to community wise to sort of help them or to donate or to figure out what's going on and that is when Thalsey uh Lettner who was the equity coordinator uh she was like hey like hey hey caucus like there's some you know there's there's interest there's some funding like what like what like what do we do with all of this um Mm -hmm. sort of new energy that was that was happening. And so, and I think specifically also talking about anti-blackness as well. So, and that, and that's, I think a whole other beast that, that is, mm-hmm. that is hard to, um, that is, I think is hard for people to necessarily to, um, to want to look at as well, because they have to then begin to also look at, at, just how, you know, if you're going to look really deep at, 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 at what makes, at what, at your anti-blackness, you have to have to look at like white supremacy and, so, and you can't do both without the other. And I guess it just, and so from there we were really discussing, okay, like what's look like, what do we do? And then um, black we formed and community wise and a few other partners came together to support this work moving forward and I, I think maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it um, down the road here in our conversation about what that, what, what, why is it important and what it looks like. But that's sort of 
how 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 we were formed. Um, personally, I was I was actually just uh, I I have been part of like the A Rock process since like twenty like twenty sixteen, and I remember it's just kind of I was I was reflecting on this because it's actually five years of A Rock, and yeah. so I'm actually doing a little piece on that right now. And so I was just thinking about how when I first heard about organizational change mm. or AROC, you know, that's not, not, not what it was called. It was initially like community wise was like curious, but like, okay, like, what do we do with this? Like, like, what do we, you know? And they had like, which is like fine, you know, like they were, they're, they're, they're taking their baby steps, but like it was done by like initially, like the first two kind of workshops were initiated by like these two white women. So when I heard about this back in 2016 in the summer, then I was like, oh, I need to like go and like see, cause this could go off the rails real quick. <laughs> And then anyway, and then that's kind of when I got, got connected with like, with like community wise. And it's really great because growing up, I always knew that it was sort of like, oh, that's where like, it's like an old building and that's where uh, mm. pride li- like pride lives. And like, that is all I kind of ever knew about it. And so to think about also then like, just all of the really great work that like comes out of that, not in the past five years, but over, over the last, you know, a hundred years of like supporting, um, marginalized groups um but also thinking about like what is that what what, what legacy does that mean when i mm-hmm. when i maybe have only ever thought of it as like essentially like a pride or like a white serving organization so trying to like think like yeah like it's like reframing that for folks as well i feel like you watch in the background tyson you make sure that things don't go on fire or they they stay out of fire so we can thank you for uh, <laughs> your, your discerning eye. I was like, Tyson is watching. Not say a lot sometimes, but he is watching. Oh, well, thanks, Mary. He's an That's astute so observer. I'll admit, I definitely am someone who, I think I do have like a discerning, like like a pastor would say I have a discerning spirit for sure. But I also don't mind like watching the fire burn a little bit. Like a little that's, bit. Also, that's also entertaining. Get, get your hands warm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we'll throw it to, to Ariam. How about you? How, um, in your words, how did Black come together? Yeah, I think um, I was aware of like the racial caucusing happening at um, Community Eyes through AROC. And so uh, I, like, I think I knew everybody in the Black caucus, to be fair. It's, uh, you know, Calgary, it's, it's a joke. It's like two degrees of separation and not six, uh, especially if you're involved in certain work. Uh, but yeah, I, I after George Floyd's murder, definitely I think there was an interest in how do we um, kind of, you know, it, it felt different and it's always been different with community wise. It wasn't about just uh, jumping at this opportunity where this, uh, you know, this momentum is, which it, there is, there's this currently um, this interest in supporting uh, anti-racism in believing kind of the uh, very public and well-known experiences of Black people and their oppression and treatment. Um, but uh, there was just this interest in supporting what that looks like in Calgary, I think from black and the people in black around um, and for sure anti-blackness, because I think it's hard in Calgary. I think, you know, it's hard in Alberta. I, uh, I've been getting engaged in a lot of uh, national things and definitely people out east uh, in like Toronto and stuff have a different experience than we do. Um, and I'm trying to remind them, I'm like, I'm in Alberta. And if, I don't know how lo- how loudly I can say that in terms of creating like collective or accountability measures or anything like that. Um, 
Uh, some of them were trying to say like, we won't fund unless 50% of the organization is black led and stuff. And I was like, that's really hard here. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, how do you build up space to kind of work towards that opposed to um, like the experience? I think there's a longstanding history of work in out, out East that's more, maybe more established. I don't know if we di- haven't been doing work here. I just think mm-hmm. um, maybe the, the culture, the energy here has definitely been different. So hearing black want to come together, where there is creating space to address some of the anti-blackness specifically um, is kind of how I was brought in. I, I've also, you know, it, it's hard. Um, I also had spent a lot of time just like working on like welcoming and inclusion stuff and um, have always struggled with the fact that I, you know, was really encouraged not to address anti-racism, to be honest, mm-hmm. or it was just made, it made, I, I was still trying to ensure that people were comfortable um, and that we kind of walk them towards it. Cause uh, honestly, white fragility is really hard to deal with. Um, but Black really was looking, and I think is looking and we're working on those foundational pieces um, to see how there can be a supportive space for Black community members here in in uh, Cal- Calgary or Alberta. Black is looking at what does that mean, um, not only for Black community members, but actually BIPOC community members in a space where we can, you, you know, take from the learnings and, and, and education that AROC has presented those tools that are really great and actually like really hit home to what we try to talk about in terms of anti-racism work, but also um, something I mentioned earlier, like the idea of culture, like what is that culture change that we can do, whether it is also supporting a, a, like a community of care, which AROC does, does, but that idea of wellness for BIPOC or black community members here. And um there's still a lot of work to be done in anti-Blackness. And so I think that's really interesting for Black as well, because that's definitely a focus. You talked a little bit about community and, you know, community, community cares. So this is a question that I think is even more and more important, you know, a year into global pandemic, um, you know, a year into nearly a year that George Floyd was murdered and now the, um, holding accountable of uh, of the officer responsible. Um, and I think a lot about how do we take care of ourselves? I'm gonna throw this one back to you because you brought it up. Uh, how do you practice community care and or self care? Um, probably better at community care. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna be very open. I'm not good at self care. I think um, I, I definitely, and it's something I work on too, like the idea of like anti-racism being an act, like a thing you're constantly doing, right? It's not something you just achieve and sit in. Um, but I, I definitely uphold the idea of like needing to be productive or like mm-hmm. the, uh, quite a bit and being comfortable at home and being able to do a lot now during a pandemic has really just amped up uh, my ability to do more. Um, but I try to think about community care a little more around um I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not thinking of it in the right way, but creating more space for conversations. I like to bring people in. I, I you know, I don't love, I, I really don't love traditional notions of leadership. And I really, but to me, it really means like bringing people into these conversations and letting them explore. So what I love is like community care for me is having, being able to have discussions about our existence in a more deep way. And so um, I mentioned earlier, I'm in a lot of different <laughs> grassroots organizations and nonprofits. Um, one I've been loving is my uh, youth group that I help support, uh, like, organized with, um, which is why we see trains mm-hmm. um, and uh, the ability for us, even right now, we're like looking at vulnerability in our community and being from a traditional African 
country, that's really hard. And it's not even just for us. I think we had a lot of people interested in what we were talking about and um, we're creating a series out of it. And I was very shocked because I, I was, I'm like, let's just do it. We have this series that I started called community combos just to discuss. And it's like, there's no action item at the end. Lily was just meant to talk about topics that might be important to us and that are affecting us. Um, and so we've talked about colorism or black mental health before, but uh, we had like 30 people join us and it was awkward, but it was also really like wonderful. I had to catch myself. I'm like, don't fill up space because it's quiet mm-hmm. to let them feel what's happening. I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah. Um, what I love about the community care is like, we're kind of, I just want to create space, more space for everybody to have, uh, to take part in things like, and that's really what I love. I love seeing people together. Um, you know, I try to make like break down the need to be formal or like, um, there's some other stuff right now when people are like, well, we can look at this research on that. And I was like, lived experience is way more important than research. I'm like, we are here to help you create like the, like the, the, you know, support or structures if you need it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just trying to really, I guess I'm trying to help validate others and I guess validate myself in the process, but, um, I love the idea of like community care is like where we can just really be together and talk about things that we don't really get to talk about. Um, I will sometimes on a personal level addressing comfort and like trying to get out of it is uh, something I have to think about because I can definitely make myself stay in a certain place because I'm comfortable. But Mm. as a community, I actually try to figure out ways that we can add more comfort so that we can take part of like more of the things that are meant to be joyful or uh, things that we always think are extra outside of, or not obligations, I guess. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope yeah. I'll pass it to Tyson. Maybe what does that mean to you? We, I know we just talked about before this, that we both went to a <laughs> place over the, like the last month. I did get a massage finally after a year in the pandemic and Tyson, I know even before he was like never sick. We used to work together. And I think it's cause he always used to go to steam, like go to steam rooms. Yeah, after probably. And I was like, you know, and you know, I, I mean, we have all good skin, but I know he definitely was like, he worked out a lot and would go to the steam room at the end of the day. And I was like, he, he didn't, he rarely ever got sick. I worked with him for like almost three years. So go ahead, Tyson. <laughs> I'm getting all the claps and snaps over, over uh, on, on the zoom call y'all. You can't see it, but I'm definitely like, oh my goodness. Like my heart is being spoken. That's a black meeting in a nutshell. Your heart gets spoken out loud in words. I, <laughs> thanks, Billy, for the for the applause. I appreciate it. Uh, for me, I this year has been a trip. I don't even know. Like, I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone knows, but like, I just know that like I've had to really be like all ways of me of how I get feel cared for, the ways in which I feel um, I can care for other people, my job, like community development means people, um, for those of you who don't know, like that's like, it's about people building. And so it's mm. like not being able to do those things, um, just by default, that was like my default of like how of, of doing and going about my, my day to day and who I was. And so with that take being taken away, I was like, okay, now what do I do? What, what am I supposed to be doing? Or like what other things that like, fill my time and not fill my time, but like, give me, give me my life, you know? Mm. And, uh, so that has been a hard thing to actually like land for me. Like, I think I, I finally realized it back in like December. I was like, oh, I've been missing all of the, like the things of who I am, I've been missing. And so self-care has looked like, so rather than people, it's been focusing on plants. Yeah. Uh, so like, I have like literally now, 
I had like two plants and now I have like 15. Oh my God. And so it's like my living room just has, it just, I mean, I'll show you, but like it literally just has plants everywhere. And that's, that's my life now. But part of that is just like, it's like being able to like pay attention to other, to, to, to something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like been a self-care thing. Um, black men who garden on Instagram. I, I follow that and I don't know why, but that just like got me. And I've been like, all right, one day I'm going to be on that. I don't know. Um, yes, you do. You do. The gangster gardener um, <laughs> stole my heart. And I was like, this man exists in the world. He is this, this talented at gardening, this fine. And I was just like, this is, the world can have more of this, but no, we gotta be, we gotta be haters. You know, the world should just have more gardeners. But you know, it, and I also have like a garden plot. I'm actually going to put one outside of my condo. They were like, hey, like, or I was, I mean, first I was like, hey, I'm going to put this out there. Like, okay, cool. So like, but you know what, but you talk about like, that, the, that like you talk about like existence though. I actually, I mean, I've been gardening for a while and I didn't actually know that like people, like that's the whole point of, of, of the, of the, of the, of the Instagram, right? Of like the profile is like, yeah, actually like black men who garden or black women who whatever don't like we're not seen or not or don't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I think like that's it's so it was so important to for me to see that. Um I'm and, so here for this Instagram life of yours, Tyson. I am here for it. <laughs> and uh community care, I think I think it's just like I think for me it's just like that we we live in such a like like productivity culture, like getting things done. And I'm still trying to understand what timeline some people are on because mm-hmm. I'm like talking with people and they're like, hey, like, it's like they're living in some alternative universe where like COVID never existed. And I'm like, I can't continue. Like, no, like they literally, it's like, you know, like a back to the future, how there's like two separate timelines and it's like <laughs> the one up here and the other. Some people are on the other one. And I'm like, but we're over on this side and we need to like think and plan for ways in which how like exactly. our culture can can exist in this like pre or post or whatever pandemic world that we live in. Um, and so I think when it comes to like community care, I think I just have this attitude of like, we're all going to be good. Like if, any, if we're up to me, we would all be on one long like hiatus for a while because. Oh yeah. And we would just be, and like literally to like. Only to, I think for prime minister whatever. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just, that's. Right so now. Like, that's, uh, that's one thing I want to like, just da- like mm-hmm. let people know, like that's important. Like nothing is urgent and yet everything seems urgent. Mm. And, the, and the things that are urgent just are not being thought of. <laughs> you both are free to frame anti-blackness, your thoughts and kind of clarifying it. What I want to say was exactly that is like how power is, is if you look at that spectrum, um of like if like you know, white folks on one side and black on the other side and not and to the point it's not us versus them but the the ways in which power is distributed mm-hmm. and um, reinforced uh, uh typically does harm those of darker skin tones um in all in in, in and i'm and I'm talk, talk, talking about like you know as you like white or are black but like within that whole continuum of all the beauty of of what one can 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 look like, and the process of racialization. If it's if it's further away from what is the the norm, then the harder it can be. And which is why I think when we talk about why black is, is existing, mm-hmm. um, is 
is is not necessarily to sort of put in, which is great around, you know, different um, ethnic or nationality groups or whatnot is important, but then also be able to understand that we as, as on this sort of end of the spectrum, there's, there's a, an understanding um, of, of solidarity, hopefully, and 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 um, and knowing each other's experiences, similar to what um, Aaron was saying, is like there the that also needs to be, I think, uh, realized and and understood, um, and creating a community out of that as well. Mm. Yeah, I think even. Um, just like two things, like, you know, I, I've definitely been, used the understanding that you can be targeted and universal at the same time. Like we know that to really address some of these things, we do need to focus on certain people. Um, but that doesn't actually mean we're not addressing racism in itself, right? But um, the other aspect of it is like, even just to Tyson's point, I had read um, How to Be Anti-Racist not too long ago. And in the book, he actually said that the, you know, the Portuguese explorer that actually created the construct of race itself, he, he had like categories and black was always at the end. And he was very clear about that. So um, like, there is like, there's that, there's, it's not even just us pretending that we feel it. It's like, it's, there's yeah. like documented progress. And we know that. And then, and then why is it there? Like, we're like, well, why are black people having further, like worse outcomes, right? Um, it was, it was literally designed that, you know, like I like Tyson saying, like the further you are from the norm, or what's considered right in, in this consider in the situation, the more you seem to experience harm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, there needs to be considered because there's anti-blackness experienced within cultures too, um, and like whether you're black or not, actually. But like you know, indigenous cultures from around the world who are darker skinned have a lot more dis- like face more discrimination as well. Like there's there's layers to this in itself. Um, but I, I do think there's a space and like, I think we, and, and, and you know, maybe a more of a conversation we need to have with black itself, but we knew that we wanted to create a separate space for black Calgary or like black community members. And, and I think to me, it was rooted in the fact that we know we're experiencing racism differently. We're, we, we, and that we need to like, we're hoping to create some more sense of community and um, as well, acknowledgement or awareness on the fact that there is a varied experience of racism. This is a complex issue that needs to be addressed in many different ways. Um, and that, you know, um, us generalizing is not going to help, uh, but being targeted and supporting, you know, th- those people experiencing oppression um, and in the situation, black community members is, is really important. And some of this work that needs to be dealt with, like, or done, done, not dealt with. That sounds bad too. So how does anti-black dis- racism, homophobia, transphobia, and other forms of systemic discrimination um, basically intersect to create a group like black? I had a quote that said, one day I'll find the words and they'll be simple. <laughs> like, I'm just mm. trying to like go on a journey or path to understanding myself or this existence. And, and I won't have to explain uh, myself overly where that reality will be there, but it's not that now. <laughs> um, but I had been talking about this with um, my colleagues at work uh, in my day job. Mm. Um, and I like what you said too about um our different like our different realities coming together like something i want to stress too is that we are very different individuals but have this one shared kind of experience or vision uh, vision we have a shared vision for black but i mean even just like us as people we all are black we all are but we have very and something that we need to stress too is that there's black communities like mm-hmm. we come from very different backgrounds and um that's okay too but i think when i was talking to my work colleagues I kept bringing up the idea of choice. So I love 
for not just for us to feel it, but it actually be true that we just all had a lot more choice to live how we want to live. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the goal has always been for me. Even when I, I started like a lot of my kind of community development and community engagement work around supporting youth in my own community um, from the train community. And um, I, you know, I, at the time naively used to share a lot that I was just trying really hard to make sure um, they ha- that they had opportunities. And if I, you know, run myself busy on the weekends when I wasn't in university or working at a re- retail mm-hmm. at the time, um, that if I, you know, just made sure that they had a lot of exposure, that that would help kind of change some of the outcomes I was seeing, which I was wrong. Um, it wasn't that, but I really, what I was always hoping for is that if they didn't go to school, if they didn't, you know, take time for themselves or didn't know themselves or, um, they, you know, didn't maybe practice self-care to an extent that, because we are seeing like a mental health crisis in general, but definitely a lot in our communities. Um, I wanted them to like choose that they weren't doing these things at least. And so my hope has always been that we create like cultures or environments or worlds where a lot, we have a lot more choice in our outcomes. And mm-hmm. I don't think right now we have that. And so things like black is really important because um, again, I said, it's like a blend of we're, we're really trying to maybe do some of that education, but also what does that community care culture, care wellness look like for, for us as community members in that experience oppression? Um, and really kind of, um, I'm not a person that like will come at you and scream about my issues, but um, I want to, I like fallacy, like I've always loved fallacy's approach. Like I, what I love is that she still says that she has to say it, but is not like firm on the, like what it actually is, but it's like, calm <laughs> and I want that I want us not to like like we could just say our thing like we can just say like mm-hmm. actually well like if you don't actually do that you're not we're really upholding it or like we can maybe be more flexible or change how our like different spaces work whether that's work personal whatever it is um or why things are a certain way and it's not just because we're not working hard enough or um whatever it is like in this kind of because it's so complex but um I want us to have more choice, but I also want us to start really addressing, well, for us to do that, I think for us to have more choice and feel that we have more choice um, is for us to start addressing a lot of the the different systems and the uh, structures that are really creating these boxes for us, That the way we behave. Like, and back to my original point is that um, we all are actually very different, but we have this unifying experience because of a social structure, a construct that was put on top of us, right? And that we all then end up having to either replicate or fight against, but then, I don't know, validate other experiences like we're angry black women or whatever it is, right? Um, but yeah, maybe just a good summation is that I really, at the end of the day, maybe a good simple way of saying is that I really wanna work towards us having more choice in our outcomes in our lives. And uh, before I forget to mention this, I wanna give a, I, I can't even say a big shout out because I feel like it doesn't do justice, but I, I echo what Ariam said about Thalassi. She has a way of shutting down nonsense that is bar none. People, she, I, have, I have watched her shut down some nonsense and the person is like thinking about it. And she does it in a way that is respectful and respects people's intelligence. And, you know, when you see it in action, you're like, damn, she was just able to, to hold that situation together. And she has ended uh, her time with, um, as, as equity um, coordinator with Community Wise. And so I want to 
you know, take a moment to honor her and we'll have uh, like, after we get the questions, we'll get a little spot. So I know she doesn't like being put on the spot or thanked, but in some ways, but she, she really was able to shift my own thinking on things that I, I didn't think needed shifting. You know, I felt pretty, pretty confident in some of my knowledge. And I was like, she's right. I got to think about this a different way. And her episode that she had on, like that we had her, the very first one is, is iconic for me because that was, that after that episode, I changed my view on, okay, it's about equity, which is power relationships and not diversity for me, which is about, can be, you know, kind of surface level. And she changed my whole, my whole lens on it. And I didn't go into that episode expecting to have my world, my worldview shifted like that, but it was, and it's been a powerful shift. And for me, you know, it was about thinking, being able to think about, you know, that, that resilience piece, you know, and think about, yeah, yeah, I, wait, what, what are we even talking about here, right? We're really talking about equity. What are we actually discussing? And she has a way of getting down to that. Because I, I look at it this way. If I have to explain to somebody how to treat me like a human being, something has already failed fundamentally. And are, are you talking about my continued right to exist? Because that's not a conversation I'm even willing to have, right? That's to me just, that's just, an assumption that's a foundation and so you know she got me to start thinking about what are we actually talking about here you know when we when we say these words what are we actually what are we actually getting at what's the unintentional message right because having to educate somebody on how to treat me like a human being maybe the words that I'm actually saying are you know there's nothing harmful about them but the underlying premise of needing to show somebody I'm a human being and can you treat me like a human being that that to me that's a problem right and so she just has a way of getting got me anyways to think very critically and to start you know the way that we kind of ask some of those questions with other subjects can be asked of anti-racism and equity work as well yeah I'd love to like I like to think of it as and it's hard for me it's something I'm still learning like she skillfully is able to call people in Mm-hmm. to this work to this understanding w- without prioritize like without what I sometimes feel like I need to do is comfort people who are experiencing mm-hmm. some kind of like you know like uh, co- uncomfortableness or like discord with what they're hearing so I feel like she can call you in still hold firm to like no this is actually what's actually happening mm-hmm. <laughs> um but not and and it's not that prior- not prioritizing other people's comfort but not like wavering um mm-hmm. in the knowledge or like that so like definitely I think one of the like a uh, highlight for me is like I know that like skillfully being able to and like call people in is something that I think is commonly heard now in this work but I'm also like the strongest I've ever seen it be done <laughs> like so powerful yeah and what about yourself Tyson um hmm. I think uh there's so like I guess like to it's like I'm I'm adopted and I have like white like white family really and I've grown up here my entire life and I think my experience around understanding my blackness um has I mean it's in some ways it's kind of been like tainted I don't know like it are and like it's like it's framed with these like 
I'm a trope or a token mm-hmm. or like there's optics to my navigating white spaces, but also like talking about being, when you talk about being sort of make, make, making people feel uncomfortable or comfortable, I feel like I make, I think I'm, I'm digestible to, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, culture of whiteness. And so I think. And there's a lot of pressure for us to be. I mean, you actually, I mean, at the end, I mean, you have to be actually, yeah. I mean, to, to, to some extent. Um, and then, you know, I think that there's, so for me, um, black is an opportunity personally to kind of like, and I mean, of course I have like other, I have, I've to see all of the fluidity of what black, can look like and be mm. and I really like um Ariam's point around choices and so how do you like create um even within this sort of little refuge that I'm hoping black becomes is a space where those choices are empowered and like enabled and like challenged at sometimes but also like in this like really healthy way not a not a it looks like this but like what does that mean for for you or like is this you know like just in a, in a completely different frame a framework um, and so I think, and, there, and there's ways that I think where we want to look at trying to achieve that. Um, and part of that even co- comes back to that sense of like community of care, it's like, mm. you know, uh, and some of the things I mentioned around just like being open to knowing that not everything is urgent. Uh, I also think too, there's like this thing I've been thinking about lately where it's, it was told to me a, cu- a couple of weeks ago about like this idea of like queer time and how like adulting, <laughs> right? I, when I heard it, I was like, this is great. But it's like, but it's a sense of like, when you're a queer person, you walk kind of through the, the emotional maturity maybe of like how, of how of dating or when things are supposed to happen are a little bit different for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was thinking about like, what is it like, what, what, if there was a word, I don't know if there is, I actually tried Googling it, but like, is there black time? And not just like being late for things, but like mm. actual, like, is because of like the system oh. of oppression that we're in um, and we have to navigate, is there a sort of, by being black, are there sort of things we have to like reevaluate or like benchmarks mm-hmm. or, or when we get our first job or when we have like our first relationships or whatever that is, like, what does that look like? for Uh being a black person. And I, I'm interested to explore what, how black, so B-L-A-C can be a part of understanding or accepting this notion of like all states of like readiness, not just like the, the, yeah, that's just something that's like coming to my mind Mm -hmm. as you, as you ask the question about like, about, um, like why we should exist. Um, and because I think like the system of discrimination really does make it difficult to understand what what you're supposed to be doing because you're, con- you're what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be, um, because the target is, is like the target should be, or what is reinforced or empowered is like a culture of whiteness. Mm. And so, and so when, if you're black, you're, you're really, no matter what, you're, you're, 
you're gonna be far from that. So having to like carve out my own time. And I'm really, I think personally, I think I've always been one to like have to like carve out my own time and like, you know, um, dance to my own drum sort, sort of thing. But like, what does that look like as it also relates to like black people generally? Trauma can disrupt development. It's like having a delayed development. Um, and I look at it as non, non-linear time, non-Western time, though that, that, that kind of refies and put Western, you know, puts Western standards at the center, which is not something I want to refi. And, and what I think of it as is when we finally have the opportunities in life to really be ourselves and to, you know, thrive professionally or what have you, um, it can take a lot longer to get there if, if we get yeah. there at all. And so something that you'll notice, right, is, um, you know, some programs for black youth go all the way up to 30. So the range is actually 18 to 30. And in some spaces, it can be 35. And part of that is a, you know, a growing acknowledgement that trauma interrupts somebody's ability to mature and to, and to grow and to reach those quote unquote milestones. And those milestones are informed by culture, right? And, you know, different cultures have a different sense of those life you know, milestones and rites of passage. And it, it's important to acknowledge that because I, I feel for myself that I'm really starting to get a handle on, on, on certain things. And I think, you know, back to when I would have been, let's say under, under 20, that was like full on navigating just trauma after, after trauma. A hundred percent. I think that is, that that's, that acknowledgement of that and especially if you you know if depending on the, and i'm really interested to hear also what aaron has to say about this as well but like but like the but like my my experience as well of like being in sort of white spaces when you're not when you are looked at as you're not supposed to be and if you think about like for me it's like there are certain things that um that feeling of being comfortable in those spaces takes unfortunately me have to be like I guess like I'll just like tough it out or like mm. or like today I'll go to the spa even though I'm like the first ever black man customer they've ever had and like do you know what I mean like and it's like and I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm being like specious there but I think it's important to be like that even just like on experience level mm-hmm. of knowing like oh yeah this is because of these sort of barriers that have happened and um uh and you you just you and I want that community of care lens to look at helping to like, you shouldn't have to be sort of, and resilient is not the right word. I, I, I actually, I don't think it's, it's individual's um, own strength per se to like combat, like how they navigate racism per se. But I, but what I would love is for that the community can help to like push everyone forward together in that, in, in, in that resiliency and able to navigate that because that's really, we are, as cliche as it sounds, we are better together. And there is active um, groups who are trying to ensure that that doesn't happen. I'm hearing you saying, so as a black or a, like racialized person, I don't think, cause I'm, I'm used to African and I, I mean, that's more and more, more understood now, but definitely I get a lot of people not realizing I'm black a lot of the time, but, and I tend to leave my hair curlier now just cause it's actually a process. I, I know how to do my hair straight then curly. It's also, I mean, let's talk about that in a different space, but um, <laughs> but 
so as a person who a racialized person also is sometimes like one of the few only or only racialized people in spaces it's kind of this level of uncomfort like you then again like this idea that i have to make other people comfortable with me being there so that I can be there and, and exist in that space. Right. Mm-hmm. So even like myself, like, like, am I, that you, whether that is like making yourself more friendly, um, dressing a certain way, like, um, it's just really shitty though. Some of the work I'm doing now in like community development engagement, um, with just certain ethnic or immigrant groups, um, you know, I was having a conversation with someone and I had I had done a pilot project in my work recently where we had targeted efforts towards certain immigrant groups. And there was uh, one that didn't really show up for one of the events we did. And, um, you know, one person was talking about how, like, even that as an example, like we always have to pressure and put work on us to show up. But why are we not participating in like civic matters? And I kind of like stopped. I was like, actually, to me, I was OK with that because I was like, it's not on them. That to me was actually a signal to me. Um, that I had to build more trust with them. Mm-hmm. And it's on the institutions, these organizations. Um, yeah, like, I think, like, it's on us to, as organizations, institutions, or, like, whoever, to actually change the environment, right? Because even, uh, personally, like, I mean, this is not a great thing to say, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying really hard to work through, because um, a lot of the and energy right now around supporting black communities and lives and you know every other day or week when we see an, uh, something happen to another black community member right um we're as a community of black people are now like fundraising a lot and doing all these things in, under the guise of mutual aid which it is but i'm always really frustrated because i was like this shouldn't happen in the first place it's not on the onus of us to pay for each other's support and caring like i'm really at the point where i'm like what are we doing like even just like general inequities that we have all these stats and facts that say black people and like then add your other isms if you're a black immigrant woman with a like that is a single mother you're just like way higher in uh, the space of experiencing more barriers to basic needs even um and i'm at the place where i'm like i don't want us to pay for for us to be able to be okay i'm kind of and i know that sounds really and i'm not saying let's not I'm absolutely not ever going to say like, please don't give that person a food hamper or um, support someone who's injured right now. Or, um, you know, even to the extent of like, I will send 20 or $30 just to help with a gift to make someone like who's experiencing a bit of more energy or trauma or, or not energy, sorry, or like something right now. And, and we mm. want to support them just to relax and feel comfort. And I, again, I even struggle with the word comfort. It depends on what you're speaking of. But I'm in the place where I'm like, how can we change these organizations or spaces so it's not just it's 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 okay or like it's it, that's how like the accountability measures so that we don't have to put all this work into feeling like we should fit like we're there like and feel like we fit in or we belong or that we're not meant to be there because yeah. like generally like the language um even the language of inclusion i've been saying this a lot even i don't know see tyson more now too um there's a little period of time where we didn't see each other for a while after we stopped working with each other but um, I want to stop saying inclusion and saying, what are you doing that is excluding me or my mm. communities? There it is. It also then adds this other weirdness where I honestly sometimes have my backup when um, there's other black people, like, especially I'm like, I'm used to being one of the few people of color, but um, me and Tyson work together. <laughs> and I remember they had considered that Tyson was black. Um, and it always came up that we were both black and then space until there was now they're just a bunch of black people in our that organization, which is great. Even it just gets us uncomfortable with each other because then we have to because you know that it's a tone policing, it's uh, code switching, all that, right? Like where you act different in different spaces, mm-hmm. but then there's also this pressure that you're supposed to be okay, and like that's what you needed to be good. Like um, and whereas like 
It's not. It's not like, and not that Tyson is fine. We actually ended up getting very long because we're obviously very aligned in different ways <laughs> because of the work and stuff we do. But um, even Tyson's point about being a black person at the steam spa. Why is it all the way in the deep south? Again, where you know racism being so pervasive that uh, we can't even take care of ourselves or experience wellness and, and a whole sense of it. Like, mm-hmm. because in our, where we, we have space to live or where, we're, where it's comfortable for us to live or affordable for us to live, we're missing basic amenities. We're dealing with, you know, shittier roads, <laughs> potholes. We're dealing with the fact that we feel uncomfortable uh, to even participate civically because there's this, all these little things that people do and not say it that makes us feel uncomfortable. So whether it's, you know, me and Tyson or Tyson are separately going into meetings and we're the only people that are black or racialized, or in my experience and what I do in my work right now, I'm trying to push heavily for this idea or feeling of community ownership with racialized community members. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm like, why don't you feel comfortable going to that green like field beside your home, but by this rec center, but but instead, but you feel way more comfortable renting this park or this like barbecue pit all the way across the city where I know the majority of your family is still in East Calgary. <laughs> um, because that's where they like, you, you, like even like this idea of community ownership, this is our space, this is our neighborhood, mm-hmm. but not actually being involved to the point where we influence it. We're just living and dealing with the consequences of it. And then, but then in turn, that means that we don't have full amenities. We don't have full like things that we should be experiencing. Not, a, I mean, there's always going to be a level of, something missing in our communities or even in our boardrooms or our workspaces or something. Cause it's, this is going to be an ongoing work, but I, I've been thinking about this a lot because, mm. and I hope this answers the question. I don't know. I feel okay. like I'm now. it's been in my mind. I'm like, I really am sick of us addressing it at an interpersonal level. I want us to start addressing being like, I don't think I should be sending money or we all, even though, because we, we also know, and you know, I bring this back to a personal level with my own like ethnic community um, we, we send a lot of money to make sure our community, ourselves, our families, our community members are okay, but we are mostly coming as refugees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know we, majority of us do not have, um, like the financial security, uh, that we should be spending so much money to support each other, but we do. And that, that's again, their own choice and that's okay. And I would never stop anybody from doing those things, but it bothers me <laughs> because these are things that they shouldn't be dealing with. We shouldn't be dealing and, and figuring that out. We and I, I don't know. Like I, this is where I'm kind of at. We want to express our gratitude to all of you and to ourselves, and continue to look out for the work that Black is doing. And for those of you on the socials, go ahead and give community wise uh, your following. Give the Unlearning Channel a follow. Uh, my name is. Mel VX, and that is over and out.